0: Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for um, who you are. Uh, God, we thank you for what you're doing. Uh, Lord, we know that you're stirring amongst us. Uh, God, you have a, a, a message in store for us. And uh, God, as we um, open your word and as we dive in and as we talk as a family, uh, we ask that we can just hear what it is you have to say. Uh, God, use me as, as a, a, a vessel um, to uh, just uh, di- distribute and proclaim your word. But let us all hear, with, not just with our ears, but with our heart, what, uh, what, you're, what you're saying and uh, what you're communicating. Uh, God, uh, I ask that um, all of the, uh, the distractions that, that plague us, that, that are going uh, running circles in our mind right now, um, that uh, our uh, sicknesses, our illnesses, or our, our backs that are hurting or whatever it, it may be or what's going to happen um, this week or all of that. Not, not that any of that is not important, but God, let us be able to just lay all that aside and not be distracted by it right now. Uh, so we can just hear what it is you have to say. Uh, God, speak to us. Uh, Lord, let us uh, um, not just be uh, the, the, uh, the ones that come just to, to say that they've come to church. But let us be the ones that come to, to learn more about you and to, to uh, be drawn closer to you. So uh, God, we, we ask that all that we do um, in this, this little place here. That it is for your glory, and it has a big impact. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this. Today is um, God's design for parenting. Um, I, I love, if you look at this picture that is up here, this slide, I, I love this slide. I mean, it is, uh, and I think this is a, this this is something that Brenda, you did this too, right? What? This slide. Yep. All right. So this is some of Brenda's work. Um, but no, I, I love this slide. And it, this was this is what is awesome. As you look at this slide, and and, uh, feel free to pop this up throughout, Mike, you could do that. That'd be totally fine uh, as we're going through. Because as you look at this slide, I didn't, I didn't explain and I didn't give give uh, my sermon notes out to uh, to Brenda when she before she put this up. But this slide um, goes perfectly with um, the uh, the message today, Uh, because you look here and you have a little boy who's uh, obviously um, being taught God's word. And um, I, that's a, a big part of what we're going to be talking about today. So um, we're going to start in, in Proverbs chapter 22, uh, verse 6. Um, and I, I believe that as a, uh, a follower of Christ, and, and let's say um, as a Christian, or, or let's even say as a churchgoer, maybe, maybe you have heard this growing up, maybe uh, you are here, but I think that um, every parent's desire um, is this verse. And the verse that says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe that every Christian parent has this verse, like, I want that for my kids. Because, and knowing that your kids are going to stray at times, what you want to know is that peace of mind that when he is old or she is old, they will not depart from it. And as as we look at that, and some, some are, would be sitting here and say, yes, that's what I want. Uh, may, maybe some are like, yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. But l- let's say this. The desires of our heart um, are important because that's what we follow after. Um, and, and when we look at, at this, this verse here, I believe that that's what we really want for, for our kids. Now, I wanted to, to say something about this because I think that there are those that are here um, that would say uh, something along the lines of, I'm not a parent, or this, this whole message isn't going to apply to me because I don't, I don't have any kids, or maybe I'm past that, or, or, or whatever. Um, I, I will say this, that this message today, although its primary focus in the wording and everything is, is directed towards parents, anybody who has a responsibility that involves someone else this message is going to be applicable to you as well. So that's going to be everybody, everybody in this room. So what my, 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 my request to you is don't check out. Don't, don't say, well, you know what, I don't, I don't have any kids, or, hey, my kids are grown, because you're going to see in a minute that that doesn't, that doesn't matter. But don't, don't check out and say, well, it's not, this doesn't have any you know, application to me. Um, it does, uh, very much so. Uh, so um, with that, I think that we can uh, open, our, uh, open our, our understanding here or, or our time together with the issue that we have at hand. Uh, and I believe the issue that, that we have at hand is that parenting is difficult. Who would agree? A- A- S. Yes, yes, <laughs> both hands, right? The, <laughs> the brave on boys, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Yes, it, 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 is. It, can, it can be very, very, very difficult. And here's what, what we want. And when I say we, um, it, this has crept into the church. But what we want is freedom. It, it, well, freedom. <laughs> I beat them. Oh, uh, you know what? We're not going to go there. You know, spare the rats, spoil the child. No, no, we're not going to go to that verse today. Um, even better, even better. Um, because we would take too much joy in beating them. Uh, and then we would have, you know, family and human, or human and family, whatever, jobs and family services or whatever, and we don't want to, child services, CBS, whatever. We don't want that. No, 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 no. Do I believe in spanking my kids? Ask my kids. Um, that, but, but it's in love. <laughs> this hurts me more than it does you. Really, Dad? <laughs> Anybody been in that situation? All right. Um, okay, so we move on from that. But what we have, is parenting is difficult, but what we want is we, we really want steps. And, and I think that that has, has, has crept into the church. Like, we want steps for better parenting. Give me a, a list of things to do, I'll, I'll implement them, and then, oh man, I'll, I'll be where I, I want to be. So, this is what I did for you. If you look at your, your notes here, it says, Eight Steps to Godly Parenting in an ungodly world all right we, we would believe that we live in an ungodly world right um so uh, it, what we're going to do is uh with these eight steps to godly parenting in an ungodly world I, I want you to do this i want you to scribble that out because there ain't eight steps to godly parenting in an ungodly world seriously scribble it out there, there's nothing there this is, this is a, whole, a whole play here that you are not going to be able to implement any sorts of, of, of continuous steps for, for parenting. The, 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 it just doesn't work. Now, some of you say, well, you know what, I read this book and there's some good things on... How well, that, that, that's fine. And, and will, will, will there be some applicable things that you'll read throughout, some, some wisdom, some knowledge? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there are not... there are not steps in scripture given to us by God to accomplish a a child who's going to be a perfect little angel you may already have the perfect you know I think there are some perfect little angels in here right 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 now but um, (laughs) those three perfect little angels are still in the womb (laughs) they haven't done anything yet right Although they may be kicking and like, ah, get one out, um, but 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 understand that there's not there's not there, there's not eight godly steps. I, I was trying to be funny with that, and maybe it wasn't didn't go over like I thought it would in my head. I was chuckling, but scribble it out because there, there are not eight steps. Um, I, I I believe that the Bible gives us one. There's one step in which we need to take in parenting, and, and that's what we're going to uh, we're going to look at today. Um, and that one step is to Teach your kids to love and obey God. One step. That's it. Teach your kids to love and obey God. If you uh, turn r- real quick with me, I- I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read you something out of Deuteronomy um, chapter 6. I-, I don't think that I gave this to you, Mike, so don't worry about it. I'll just read it. Um, this is what is called the, the Shema. This is what the, um, the, the, the people of Israel would read on a daily basis. <clears throat> and, and this is... Um, this is the step. It says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So he, with everything in which you have, this is the way in which you love the Lord your God. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Look at verse 7 here. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Understanding here what, what, what Moses is communicating and what he has been told by God is this, is this is the way in which parenting really should happen. Because here he's talking about the whole nation of Israel. He's talking about the children of Israel. He's saying that that even when they're older, they need instruction. Even when we're at the most formidable or I should say when they're at the most formidable stage stages, they need instruction. I believe that as we look today, we're going to see what God's designed for, uh, parenting is, and it's going to be birthed from this, this, th- th- this command to teach diligently, not half-heartedly, to teach diligently your children. I-, I love how it says that it's, it says teach diligently your children. There's going we're going to see that there's a responsibility in that, but understand that children need to be taught just like y'all need to be taught. We need, need to be taught. And I believe that God's design for parenting, it involves a responsibility. And that's what what is communicated there is there is a responsibility that is connected to um, the parent that that must be done. It it has to. I know that we live in a a culture, in a society that that people don't like to be told to do anything. Right? I, I, I understand that. And please, as I'm sitting here, don't, don't think that I'm telling you, like I'm telling you what to do. I ain't telling you what to do more, more than I'm telling anybody, whatever. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what God says to do. So remember, and we've talked about this in the past, that if you get mad, don't, don't take it out on me. I mean, you can, I don't care. I mean, I'll, I'll still go to sleep tonight but and eating ice cream or something. Which, Shannon got some good ice cream last night. No, Haley did. Oh, I was getting... It was some kind of cookies and cream, ice cream. Oh, big chunks of cookies in there. Ooh, I'm not on a diet, so... Oh, Dan is, though, right? Is that on your keto diet? Briar's mm-hmm. Carb-Free. Uh, Breyers Carb-Free. <laughs> Oh, man. So anyways, I'm gonna, I, how did I get off that? I don't know. But the responsibility that I'm giving is from God. It's not from, from me. I'm just highlighting this. I'm just communicating this. So if you get mad, get mad at God. I, I think he can deal with you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to look at a couple responsibilities. So we're at two responsibilities. Then I'm going to identify three virtues uh, for those responsibilities. And we're going to see all of this in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, it, it, because I believe in Second Timothy chapter one, I want to read this text to you. But, but I believe here that, or I believe that what we have here is a good look into the results of parents who took seriously God's command of teaching the next generation to love and obey Him. I, I believe that um, I believe that with my, my whole heart here, and I hope that you see what it is that I, that I'm talking about here today. So let me, let me read, um, you know what, I'll read, yeah, I'll, I'll start in verse 1, we'll go 1 through 7, and we'll talk about it. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Man, I could just stop there and just say, hey, remember, everything we do, every, every, everything we do is for Jesus. Understand eternal life The life in which God has promised us comes through Christ and Christ alone. And that doesn't, and when we're talking about, if we're talking about a topic like parenting, we cannot forget the gospel. We cannot forget where life comes from. We have to understand that life comes from Christ. Life that comes from Christ, the empowering Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but the empowering Holy Spirit that lives inside of us gives us the ability to do what it is that God commands us to do. So if we're to teach uh, our kids to love and obey, some people would be in here like, I, don't, I can't do that. Well, no, maybe you can't on your own, but the Spirit of God inside of you can. So go on, chapter verse 2. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now when Paul is talking here and he says to my child, this is not... Paul's biological kid. He's talking to uh, this, this younger pastor, this one that, that he has taken under his wing. And he, he looks at, uh, at or uh, uh, Paul looks to Timothy as a spiritual child. Timothy looks at Paul as a spiritual father here, as a spiritual parent. So, verse three I thank God, this is Paul saying, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So Paul says, you know what? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thanking God as my ancestors did. As my ancestors passed on from generation to generation to generation, they took seriously Deuteronomy chapter 6 here. And because they took seriously the, what God had said, this is why I am here. Verse 4, As I remember your tears... I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. You ever think about that? I mean, Paul is talking about this, this other man. He's like, I remember your tears. Not that, you, hey, you're a sissy. Hey, not that, that, that you're just too sensitive. He's like, I remember that, that, that anguish in which you had, uh, the, the, the pain in which you went through. And the, what he's talking about is, is talking about his love for the church and the love for the people and helping people through situations that are, are painful. And, and the tears were, uh, were, were shed, not, not because Timothy was having a bad day, but because the, the people in which he was in, in charge of uh, were, were dealing with things. And he says, I, "I and I long to see you that I may be filled with joy." Those are some of the most joyous times when you can when you can help bear one another's burdens, and he and he says that there, and he he says on in verse five, "I re, I am reminded of your sincere faith," and I love that because obviously Timothy's faith was able to be observed, and I, I love the fact that it, that that is said here because too many times people say, "Well, my faith is personal." There's nowhere in the Bible that says we're to keep our faith to ourselves. Should we have a personal, trusting relationship with Jesus? Absolutely. But it's not to be private. It's to be public. It's to be seen. Just like it says here, I am reminded of your sincere faith. And it goes on. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. And your mother Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Like I said, as we we look at that text, I think there's a lot in which can be drawn from that, but what we can see is that's a good example of, of, of parents that took seriously the commands of God. Now, what you, you will uh, see with inside that text, it doesn't say anything about uh, Timothy's dad. Uh, now, we can, we can speculate on that. What we do know about Timothy's father is he was a Greek. It says that if you, can, you don't have to go there, but uh, for your own enjoyment in, in Acts chapter 16, that's where it talks about that. But what we understand that his mother, may, maybe, maybe something happened to his father. Maybe his father was, was killed, whatever. I love this because what that does is that, that shows single moms that uh, you can still raise godly kids. And, and I love that fact. I, I, and now, does, does society say different? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. There are a lot, lot of hardships, and I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that what God says, that it's possible. So what we have here is this great, this great example for us. And what we also have is what, the, the, the first responsibility that I wanted to share with you is this, Parents are responsible for the discipleship of their children. Parents are responsible for the discipleship of their children. Now, when I'm saying that, remember, this is, not, this is probably not what some want to hear. Well, I'm not responsible for that. They're, they're their own person. That, that's garbage. Yes, they're their own Person, they make their own decisions, but you're responsible. God has given you that child for a reason. Well, you can look at, at, at fears and failures of of, of of others around you, maybe even yourself, and you're like, "Well, wait a second, I'm a failure because I didn't, I wasn't able to disciple." Let, let, let's throw all of that out and let's look at right now, and let's look at what God is is saying, because as Christian parents. Our responsibility is to raise our children in a way that leads them to love and to, to the Lord that we love and serve, that leads them to the Lord. Now, once they, they come, they have to make the decision. 100%. They have to make the decision. But it is our responsibility to lead them there. It's our responsibility when they're there to then take the, 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 the lead in, in and in, in lead them in discipleship now when we say that i believe that as we are looking at parenting and god's design for parenting it being discipleship what this communicates is that parenting and i get it some of you some of you are going to push back that's all right but just hear me out on this that parenting never really ends because discipleship never really ends so the, those are they're sitting here like well all my kids are grown well, you're 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 still their parent you're still called to be a part of God's plan for them to love and to serve Him. Now, are, are, you, are, are you responsible for their actions? No, I'm not saying that. You're responsible for your actions in this, uh, in this process of discipleship here. What's going on here? And, and that's where, again, if your kids are, are, are grown, it's going to be different than the way in which Shannon and I disciple our kids that are in the house still. But nonetheless, we have a responsibility given to us by God to teach our kids to uh, love and obey and to serve Him. That's what discipleship is. Now, we cannot leave our, our, our children, um, we, we can't just leave them uh, uh, you know, to themselves to discover God's truth. Now, 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 think about that. Our children cannot be left to discover uh, for themselves the truths about God. We can't just say... All right, Shorelin, you're on your own. He, he's just the only kid in here. <laughs> if Gabe was sitting here, I'd say that to Gabe. All right, Gabe, you're on your own. No, 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 we, we, we can't do that. We can't say that, that uh, they'll figure it out on their, their own. They need to be their own person, so they need to figure it out. They need to have their own faith. Absolutely, they need to have their own faith. But God has given them to you for a reason. It is your responsibility to teach them the truths about God. And it has to be done in a purposeful way. And why do I say a purposeful way? Because I think too many times what happens is we try to, I'm not real good at this, so let me kind of hint around. Yeah, you know, there's somebody upstairs watching you, and, you know, ooh, Santa Claus is watching me? No, no, we, we, the man upstairs, he doesn't like that. No, 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 no. we got to be intentional about communicating the truth about God. Because if we're not intentional about communicating the truths about God, they're going to be confused. Imagine a a world around us confused. What would it be like? (laughs) Just look around us. We have a world that's confused about who God is. No wonder we have 18 steps for parenting and 45 here and 2 here and whatever. I mean, we have all of these things like, you could do it this way. No. What we need to do is we need to have a clear focus. And, And I'll tell you a problem. A big problem, and this isn't going to be, uh, this this isn't easily, whatever, it's not easily communicated, but we have to hear this. A problem in in, in Christianity today, and and does it happen in our church? I don't know. I would hope not, but I, I don't know. It may. Nonetheless, you be the judge of that. But a problem in Christianity today is that many parents rely on the church to teach their children. Now... As you as you swallow that, I, I've been guilty of that. I, when I, when we when we first started going to church and everything, I figured you know it's the church's responsibility and that's what you know what that's what he gets paid to do, right? No, it, 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 here's the deal: taking a child to church every Sunday is an excellent practice. Yes, we need to instill in them the, 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 the understanding and this discipline of the importance of coming together with God's people. Absolutely excellent practice. And I think that that's something that, that we need to stress more and more and more because in, in a society around us, oh, it's okay, I go to church a you know, couple, couple times a month or you know once every six weeks. Or, no, no, but here's the deal. That's not, that's not painting a good picture. That's not being a good example what we have to do is we have to understand that, that yes, it's a good practice to take the, the, the child to church every Sunday, but it should not take the place of instruction at home. You, you bring, we bring, I, I'm not going to even say you, we bring our kids to church. And, and, and when we bring our kids to church, I, I, I know, I know without a doubt that they're being taught about Jesus. Without a doubt, I know that they're being taught about Jesus. I, I, I know that, that, that Ashley is uh, focusing and is helping them grow, but it's not Ashley's responsibility and her team to teach your children about God. This should be supplemental in teaching. This should be something that you're teaching them at home and they're coming here like, yeah, I get this because, hey, dad was telling me about this, or hey, mom was telling me about this. Now, there's this old saying, I think it's an African proverb or something, that says it takes a village to raise a child. Well, yeah, but I don't think in the way in which most people imply. When it it comes to a church, I I believe it takes a community of believers to do something to help in this raising of the child, but it takes a community of believers to equip and support the parents in their discipleship endeavors with their children. So when we do come together, it is the, it, we, we come together for, with the, the understanding that, yeah, I've got kids. I need to disciple them. Therefore, I need to be equipped to disciple them. If we, now, when we come in, we're, it's not like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? It's understanding that God has already given you what you need. You, what, what, what our job is, I believe, with the one another's is to encourage one another. That's one of, uh, of the, uh, the, the, the allelons, the one-anothers of Scripture, that we're here to encourage one another. We are to help equip one another. Man, i got an 11-year-old boy that sometimes is off the hook. I need help with that kid sometimes. So I'm going go to go to, to someone. I've talked to, to Kurt many a times, because I mean, Zach's just, just beyond that. And I, I've said, like, when does it end? <laughs> you know, he... It, it, well, yeah, it never, but I mean, there, when, when does this stage come come to end? I mean, it's it's difficult, and depending upon where you're at in life, it's going in, in your your parenting, it's going to be different too. But I, I think it is very important to understand that we come together to help equip one another in our discipleship process with our children. It's not up to up to the church to take over your responsibility. Now, again, and when, you hear it, when you're hearing that, don't, don't think that we don't want to be a part of that. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, that, that is, with the kids and what's going on with them, that is a huge part of what we do in the church. But what I'm, what I'm stressing is don't bring your kids, drop them off, and think that you can just be a, a, a dismissed of or alleviated from that responsibility. You, you're, you, cannot, you cannot take that, that, that view, because when you take that view, oh, because I've had this conversation with many a people, talking to them, inviting them to church, and they would say things like, yeah, my kids really need it. I'll, I'll bring my kids to church. Well, yeah, but that, that, that's, you're missing it. Yeah, yeah, your kids need it. Well, you do too, obviously, because you're not teaching your, your children. We want to, now, and if you're a parent and you're like, I don't know what to do, and I'm having, this is the place in which we, we come together and we help one another. There are, are, are parents at every stage of life in here. There, we have old parents that, that kids are, are, are grown. We have soon-to-be parents that they don't, they don't know all the, the blessings and the joys of that <laughs> little bundle that's going to come. We can help you and tell you that it's going to be all this, and... and yeah, but until it's that 3 o'clock in the morning, ah! and then it, it won't stop. And it's like, what it, you can point all you want. It's not going to happen, brother. <laughs> it, it, it won't. You, understanding that, that there's a reality, like, what do I do? So, I mean, but knowing that we have that within, inside of our community that we can go and we can, under, we can talk about and say, hey, what do I do? How, how can I be equipped for, for this stage and for the next stage? Um, uh, how, how do I do that? I think that that's the beauty of understanding the responsibility of the church then as the parent has a responsibility to disciple their children. So uh, with that, I think that this comes into the next responsibility. The next responsibility is this. Parents are responsible for living their lives as a disciple of Jesus for their children. Now, when I say that, don't think that, all right... The faith of the children is through the, the parents and then to God. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what I'm saying. The, the child has to have their own faith, but they need to see a model in which they can, can live after. Because it, it, it is proven that more is caught than taught. It, it, we have to understand that the most important way parents can intentionally disciple their children is by the example they set with their own lives. And, and this, is, this is difficult. This is difficult. This is not an easy task. This is something that, remember we talked about that it's the Spirit of God that is inside of us? This is where we really need the Spirit of God that's inside of us, so that we don't fly off the handle when your kid doesn't listen after the 15th time you've told him to take his stuff up to his room, right? You don't want to to go all spit pea soup out and your head turn around backwards and everything and go, blah, on him. You need to be calm, calm, cool, and collected, right? That's that's a a, a miracle in and of itself sometimes. Understand that that we have to have that. We have to have that or be that example for our our kids. If, If if we're not that example for our kids, who is? They'll find an example. That that's that's the problem. And where they find that example is usually on TV or in their games or in their, um, you know, YouTube or the, whatever. You can, you can plug in whatever. I mean, if you really want to see what's, what's influence, influencing a child, let the kids get together and see what dance moves they're doing. If they're doing the floss and all this other stuff or whatever, you know. I mean, they're, they're getting their, they're, 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 exactly, we're exactly. like, yeah, thank you. Uh, if they're doing, if they're, they're getting their examples from someone, because I, I don't do the floss. So if Gabe's, if Gabe's doing the floss, it's not because Dad's doing it. Right? I try, but I, I, I can floss my teeth. That's about, that's about it. But kids will look, and they'll get their examples from some, somewhere else. So I think it's even more important that we need to strive to be that example for them. If we're not striving to be that example as their parents, then you know that again they're going to look look somewhere else. Now here's a good a good point that if if you're sitting here you don't have kids, but you, you, what you have to understand is I'm sure that you have those that look to you. Remember, if you are in any position that you're influencing or have any responsibility um, that involves other people, people are looking at you. And you have to, to, to be aware that this is, is the responsibility. You have this, this, this um, I don't want to even say a burden, this task that's put upon you because this is what God wants you to do. He wants to display Himself through you. He wants you to be a, 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 a living, breathing disciple, example for Him. I think that Paul identifies this uh, in this, this passage in which we just read. Because Paul says that he's reminded of Timothy's faith, but it says a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice, and now in you. So, so, so think about this. Timothy had an example started with his grandma that influenced his mom, that influenced him. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying uh, that, that this, is, this is important. We can't overlook this. Because it's, it's because of that example, you're, you're the man of God right now that you are. He even says elsewhere, if you would turn just one page over, um, it, it says uh, in uh, chapter 3, verse uh, chapter three fourteen. it says, "...but as for you, continue in what you have learned and f- have firmly believed." knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, from childhood, he was acquainted with the sacred writings. He was acquainted with the Bible. Well, who did that? Well, here it says his grandma and his mother. They were the examples. They were the examples for him. Now, I, I believe this, that, that we have to understand the fact that the parents, um, example, the, the parents' example as a disciple provides the best visual model of the relationship with Christ that we wish our kids to have. So so remember, we want want them to grow up, to train up your child in the way in which he should go. Well, to train the child up in the way in which he he should go, they need that example. They need to be taught that. And I believe a vital, and and this is is hard, this is crazy, but hey, it is what it is. A vital aspect of setting an example is a demonstrated consistency, and, and I want to stress that, a demonstrated consistency between what the parent says and what the parent does there has to be a consistency between what the parent is saying and what the parent is doing now if mom or dad comes to church on sunday and they have this sunday facade or this persona which is drastically different from the person that the kids see throughout the week they're going to pick it up real easy and then they're going to be able to say you hypocrite you're you're saying one thing, but you're living another. Here's the deal. That's not a good example. And kids, yeah, there's even a TV show. Kids say the darndest things. I love when I'm in a conversation with someone and a kid's there, and they say something about um, whatever it may be. Hey, mom, yeah, I hid your bag of weed when uh, the preacher came in. <laughs> oh, oh he, he he means gardening supplies and and. Uh, No, he 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 means marijuana. I get it. I'm not I'm not dumb, but kids say things that that, that, that they see, and they're gonna see that. Wait, mom, wait a minute. You've been toking it up in the backyard, and you're gonna act like this now. How? I'm I'm confused. What what am I what am I supposed to do? Right? What what are kids supposed to do? They need a good example. They, they don't need a bunch of hypocrites in their lives. They have a bunch, enough hypocrites in their lives. They need someone that can demonstrate a consistent pattern, a consistent behavior that is focused on... Not, and here's the deal. I, this is, does not mean that you have to be perfect. Are you going to make a mistake? Absolutely. You, you live in a fallen world and you're a fallen being. Yes, we're saved by grace. Are you going to make a mistake? Yes. So what do you do when you make a mistake? Admit it that it's a mistake and explain why. Take that time to teach a lesson. That's what discipleship's about. Take that time to say, hey, you know what? I, I know I'm, I, I shouldn't be toking it up in the backyard. I'm going to stop. I gonna. I know that marijuana is legal and everything, and I'm, it's, for, it's for my hemorrhoids, and, but I, I know that there's a cream. But no, True story, I, when we were in Seattle, there was a guy on the, on the street corner. The, the, it said, need money for weed. No, he said it. It was on the sign. So I went up to him and I asked him. I said, okay, I'm going to give you some money because you're honest. But can you just tell me, wh- wh- how, how do you have this? Well, I got a prescription because I have hemorrhoids real bad. Okay. I gave him five bucks. I mean, whatever you do. Am I, yes, I'm contributing to his bad habit. Whatever. But what, what, what I'm saying, though, is if we come into church and we, and we act one way and then we go home and we act a different, our kids are going to be confused. We can't have that. That's not a good example. Children will act upon what they have seen in the life of the parent more than what they've been told. There's a a video that I've seen that um, this uh, this girl, these two teenage girls and their mom is just reading them the riot act. And the, the mom's reading the riot act because the girls lied to their mother about where they were out at in, in, uh, the, the night before, and they were out doing things they shouldn't have been doing and everything. And, and just, you, you know, lying is bad, and you shouldn't do this. And then the phone rings. And one of the girls, because it was one of those phones that have a cord on it that connects to the wall, right? It's a landline. So one of the, the teenage girls picks it up and says hello. And she says, oh, hi, Grandma. And the mom said, tell her I'm not here. (laughs) Really? I mean, and and that's a a perfect picture. Like, Mom, you're you're lecturing us not to lie, and what are you doing? She was lying to say I wasn't here. You, You guys got the picture, right? How many times do we do that? Tell our kids not to do something, but then we're doing exactly what we're telling them not to do. Do as I say, not as I do. Come on now. That's just saying, I can be a hypocrite and you have to accept it. No, we need to be a good example for our our, our kids. So the parent's responsibility is not only for discipleship of their children, but the responsibility for living their lives as a disciple themselves of Christ so they can be a good example to them. Those are the two responsibilities that that, that I believe uh, that we need to really focus on because if God's design involves responsibilities, these two are are, are paramount. Now, for these responsibilities, I think there's three virtues that I think uh, that that parents should focus on in discipling their children. And we see these three virtues in verse 7. In verse 7 of of 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says... For God gave us a spirit not of fear. And I love that, that not of fear. That fear, that's cowardedness, or ca- There's no T in there. Coward, coward. I, th- I think I put an extra syllable in there, didn't I? Cowardness. Don't be a coward. It's saying God did not, if, you, if you're running away, and, and, or how about, let's say this, timidity, right? If you're timid, God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not give it, it says here, but of power love, and self-control. I I, I love this because these are three virtues that as we're discipling our kids, I know that there's a ton of stuff out there that they need to learn. But if we were to break it down a little bit and we were to, to to focus on these three virtues, I think that we would see exponential growth. We would have kids that would be totally different. Well, we'd have parents that are totally different as well. But what we have here is these virtues here, this first one of power. It's not, God didn't give us the, the, the spirit of fear, but of power, that, that word dynamis. That's where we, the, the word dynamite comes from. It's explosive. But what it means is the possession of controlling influence. Or it's often understood as manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural manner. This power is the same power that Jesus talks about in, in Acts chapter 1 when he says that, the, the, uh, uh, that, that um, stay in Jerusalem until the power of God, the Spirit of God uh, comes upon you. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you'll have power to be my witnesses through the world. Same type of power. Same type of power, one of my, one of my favorite verses in, in uh, Romans chapter 8. I think you all should turn there just so you can, if you don't have it underlined, I think you should. In, in Romans chapter eight, verse uh, eleven, it says, "If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the, uh, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit that dwells in you." This is the same power. The power here is talking about the Spirit of God inside you. I had this conversation with Gabe. Uh, yeah, what's today? Yesterday it had to be yesterday. No, Friday. When did I take Gabe to the store with me? Yesterday. yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. We're going to the store and we're talking about um, this. Because we're, we're, I was kind of going over things with him and I was saying, do you understand when, when, when we're talking about the Spirit of God, how he lives inside you? And he's like, yeah, I, I get it. Jesus is inside me. And that's how Jesus is inside me because it's his Spirit that, that lives inside me. And I said, well, you understand that, that because of the Spirit of God that's inside of you, you can't act right. <laughs> right? And he, he looked at me, he's like, well, yeah, I guess. I never thought of it that way. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, but that's the truth. We have, to, we have to encourage them to understand. If the, our children are children of God, it, it, it's, we have to understand that the same Spirit that, that, that lives in us lives in our kids, too. He dwells inside of us, so he empowers the kids, so they do have power. They do have the ability to act accordingly. And now I don't even say this: they have the ability to love and obey God, and that's what we need to foster in them. We need to teach them more. The second thing is uh, it is power, then it's love. Now I, I won't belabor this real long because the first week of the series was God's design for love, and I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to that if you haven't. But it's understanding that this is what God has given us. Not a spirit of, of, of fear, but of power. Love, this agape love, this Christian love, this love, that's, it's, it's understanding God's love as a, a reliable source. It's understanding God's love as uh, His ultimate sacrifice. And it's, a, it's understanding that God's love provides that security, that eternal security. And we need to foster that in our children, and they need to see that that okay, I have this power, I have this love, and we need to, to help them understand because I have this power, because I have this love, I can grow in my relationship. The third one here is I, I think is the, the most um, applicable for our kids, and this is one I talk to my kids a lot with. It's self control. Self control. Because I believe that parenting is not about controlling your kids. Too many parents try to control their kids. Now they might not do it in a way in which that the, the society would say was wrong, but they control them. They have them in this thing and that thing and doing this and you got to do this and you got to. Well, he, here's the deal: you're not going to find anywhere that parenting in the Bible, I should say, the parenting. Godly parenting, biblical parenting, the way in which God designed parenting, you're not gonna find parenting is, you know, is the way in which we control our kids. Instead, parenting is about helping them understand self-control. We don't need to control our kids. For those of you that are are continually controlling your kids and your your kids' lives, quit controlling their lives because what's gonna happen is they're gonna get older and they're not going to understand what self-control is. And then mom or dad's not going to be around to control their life, and they're going to be all whacked out. What we need to do is we need to help our kids understand what self-control is. Now, by helping them understand what self-control is, are they going to do some dumb things? Yes! Are they going to drive you nuts? Yes! But that's you practicing self-control then. (laughs) Right? Understand that, that, that we, we don't need to control our kids. What we need to is to help them with this self control, for them to understand it. I mean, Paul talks about self control in the fruit of the spirit. An evidence of the spirit of God inside is self control. Self control, and it's also, and it says in what's it? Timothy two, or I'm sorry, Titus two, that that, that spirit or that, that self control is a form of godliness. And I, and I believe that, that people really, truly want to be more godly. They, and what I mean is they want to train, be trained in godliness. They want to, to, to be um, closer to God. They want to grow in their relationship, in their, their, their path of discipleship. They want to progress on that. Well, practice some self-control in, in, in a lot of different things. I, I think that that, again, we, we can check off the, these marks of power and love and we're like yeah we got power and yeah we got love so i can go do whatever i want to do I- I- as long as you are self-controlled if you're not self-controlled you- you're 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 being ungodly if you're not self-controlled if you're flying off the handle you're not being a good example to your children because a disciple of christ will be known by the way in which you love one another and the way in which we can love one another is be self-controlled. That way our love towards one another can be seen. If you have to convince someone that you're a Christian, there's a problem. If someone sees you flying off the handle all the time and swearing and whatever, and then you say, oh, I go to this church and I'm a Christian, just don't say you go to Life Point. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, but, but the, 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 the fact of the matter is, There's too many people that don't have control of themselves. What they want to do is they want to control other people. And when you want to control other people, that's just a clear, clear, clear as day sign that you have no self-control. Because everything is out of control, and you are so out of control, you can't control yourself, but you think you can control someone else. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Understand that God did not give us the, the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-control. So if God gave us the spirit of self-control, it's a spirit of God who lives inside of us, who dwells inside of us, that gives us the ability to be self-controlled. And that's what we need to understand is important in the, one of these virtues And when, when we're discipling our kids. So is discipling our kids a hard thing to do? You better believe it. It's not an easy thing to do but it's a necessary thing to do. My concluding argument is this. Our responsibility as parents and disciples is to impact our children and their walk with Christ. We've got to impact our children and their walk with Christ by the way in which we live our lives. That's our responsibility. Not the church's responsibility. The church should be there to to help along the way. But as we look at this, this picture again, you got I don't. Maybe I'm thinking that's a parent. It looks like you know a, 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 a lady's hand, maybe, showing the child, "Hey, this is what the Bible says." That's discipling. That's what we're called to do. And, and, and my prayer is that we take that seriously, and we do it fervently. And as we do it, when we hit areas that we don't know how to handle something, or we're having a tough time. That we come together and we talk to someone. We come to, uh, together as a body of uh, believers saying, I need help. I, I need help in this area. Okay, well, let, let's do this. Let, let's figure this out. But when we try to be the lone gunman or gun, gun lady or whatever, Annie Oakley or you know, Sundance Kid, what's his name? Billy the Kid, whatever. If we try to be the, the lone rangers, it's not going to work. That's not how God designed us to be. So with that, let's, uh, let's pray, and uh, we'll finish out in uh, some songs. God, I, uh, I thank you for the time in which we've had together here. I thank you that um, we can talk about some hard truths, and we can talk about some things that, that aren't, aren't easy, um, but we can talk about your truths and, and how they are, are, are um, important in our lives, but not only our lives, but the lives of our, our children too. So God, as we've heard these things, um, as we have... Uh, uh, identified our responsibility as parents and a- a- as just Christians in general as disciples of you that, that we need uh, to be actively uh, pursuing uh, th- this, this 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 discipleship this this growing in you god if we're not growing in you if we're not uh, learning more about you and doing more for you god we we know that um or we should know that, that that's just that's just disobedience god we don't want our kids to be disobedient so why, why would uh, we think that you want us to be disobedient? So God, just convict our hearts. Uh, just draw us close to you. Uh, Lord, as we um, are uh, dealing with some of those things, we ask that we can just do it in a, in a way that is uh, honoring to you. Uh, Father, uh, as, um, as you do speak to us this week, and as we remember some of these words, uh, continue to work in us. Uh, uh, bring people closer together and understanding that uh, you are the, the, the answer, the, the truth to um, the questions in which we have. So, uh, Father, it's, it's your, um, your honor and your glory that we, that we want to lift up. Uh, God, it's, it's, all, it's all because of you. And, um, Father, uh, I mean, on a totally different note, uh, we're going to need uh, some, some prayer for our food uh, so I'm praying right now, God, bless the food in which we're going to have here in a few minutes um, that uh, we can practice some self-control there too. Uh, God, that, uh, that, that you can be glorified through that fellowship as well. So, uh, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.